Hello, and welcome back to Rebel Air, a Star Wars animated series fancast. I'm your host, Greg. And I'm Kaki, and Greg is showing me, well, usually he shows me an episode of Star Wars Rebels for the first time, but we're doing something different in between uh, Season 1 and Season 2. That's right. Today we're doing our Jedi Beacon episode, so we're talking about Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 6, Weapons Factory. This was written by Brian Larson and Drew Z. Greenberg, and directed by Giancarlo Volpe. And this was originally aired in November 13th, 2009. I know that name, Druzy Greenberg. Now, I'm just having a quick sidebar conversation with my, my very good friend. He doesn't like to be mentioned, but his name rhymes with Schmoogel. Just very quickly checking. Yes, that's right. Uh, he was the hot one on Buffy the Vampire Slayer's writing team. Yes, yes. I, I, I knew you were going to ask about this. So I made a special point to look these people up because, they're, because th these are not people who've done uh, anything in Rebels. Brian and Drew were both staff writers at the time. Brian's worked in a lot of animation departments. He worked right, on Powerpuff right. Girls and The Iron Giant. Less so writing stuff. His writing credits are, are not... I didn't recognize a, a, a lot of outside of Clone Wars, but Drew wrote for Buffy and Warehouse 13 and yeah. Arrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm forgetting something I know because he's... I'm looking at it. He did a uh, Firefly, he, he, yeah, he did a Firefly, Bill, Dexter... Actually, that's wow. the one I was thinking of. It. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. He went nuts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's still, got, well, at least the last one was from uh, 2020. Wow. Yeah, so a frequent collaborator and uh, a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Giancarlo Volpa, I want to say that with a, with a much, like, really bad Italian accent, but I, I really don't <laughs> think that's appropriate. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I speak excellent English. <laughs> so, so he did 11 Clone Wars episodes, but he also did uh, 19 episodes of Avatar Last Airbender, which is where Dave Filoni was working before he met up with Lucas. So oh, it's, no it's, way. So he kind of like just dragged his friend into Clone Wars with him or, 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 or friend collaborator, something like that. And I was looking at some of the, the Avatar episodes, like, wow, these are some like really, really, really good ones. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I like you. <laughs> I could see why you picked this episode. So, okay, I have a lot of questions about sort of Clone Wars in general. So yes. maybe we should like so, briefly so summarize, like really briefly summarize. I think we can do that together. Mm -hmm. uh, what's happening in this episode? Because the, the major sort of threads that are being followed are the relationship between... Anakin and his Padawan, gosh, it is so hard to watch that and really like get into these <laughs> characters relating to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially because she perceives a lack of trust mm -hmm. from him, which he doesn't acknowledge. And in the end, she is assured Anakin, the other Jedi master, in, in, in this case, uh, Luminara, says that he never lost faith in you. Mm -hmm. But that is not true. He didn't have faith in Ahsoka he refused to accept death yeah okay mm -hmm. so the, the the other major threads are the very differing relationship between luminara and barris both yes. of them with yes. strong <laughs> sheffield accents lovely to hear <laughs> and lastly it's uh, uh, yeah the the stronghold of poggle the lesser where he's holed up with a droid or is it a machine intelligence representative? Yes. So it, it's it's a droid. It's one of my favorite kind of droids because they're ta they're called tactical droids. So they're 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 basically like hyper intelligent. Like they are there just to be tacticians. 
to, to the point where, where in some episodes you'll see something like because of what you've done you have a like we have a 65 percent chance of of failing uh, or, or like, like they, they go down into right. like those calculations never tell me the thing. odds yeah yeah so it's it's they're really fun uh uh adversaries sometimes to to, to show off so I, I, I li- really liked it and they're really cool designs i really like and the, the designs and the voice the the like super deep kind of like modulated thing which yeah is, i'm guessing it's just uh matthew wood playing in the mixing booth because that's well it's it's i that's, think that's it's a lot weird. of them is just matthew wood doing stuff because that's because because <laughs> all the pog of the lesser stuff he matthew would apparently recorded about like 20 minutes of just random vocalization then just gave it to the editor it's like hey there's pog the lesser sounds you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) those are the main threads and then there's a lot of fighting and a lot of death and a lot of expense the expense is one thing that i wanted to talk to you about first this looks like a much more expensive show than rebels yes okay that was one of the things i want to talk about because okay uh, cool so, so 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 clone wars basically never made a single dime Clone Wars money all came from from just the the merchandising because that's because that's always what 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 Star Wars has has been for as far as George Lucas is, is right right and and which isn't well oh no it's, that comes out that's a very callous way to say it because George no, Lucas cares very very deeply about it but as far monetarily absolutely. like it's the merchandising is where he's made his money so yeah that was the breakthrough of the first Star mm-hmm. Wars it was the first where like the majority of the uh, total income came from and it, yeah you know. So, Very so, fortunate so, for George Lucas that he signed so, the contract to give him that uh, excuse. Yeah. So Clone Wars basically was George Lucas's passion project, and he didn't know animation very well. So he teamed up with someone who did know animation for, uh, decently well, with, in, in the form of uh, Dave Filoni, and then just taught him literally everything he knows. So Dave Dave Filoni is Lucas's Padawan, effectively. Or air? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Lucas uh, basically bankrolled Clone Wars personally. So this is just when the acquisition happened, Disney kind of took a look at it and thought, wow, this is really expensive. Uh, yeah. This is yeah. really, really expensive. Because, I mean, this and that, so this is season two, and it went up to season five was the last one that aired six yeah six they had halfway in production and they finished off what was close enough to finish off and then basically said okay no that we can't make anymore so rebels has a significantly lower budget um yeah because they want to make money off it they want to like they want to make like it needs to make it needs to be profitable no yeah, that's yeah that's entirely fair like i wanted to talk about the 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 budget and in a way that doesn't make it sound like that rebels is the less beloved tertiary stepchild but yeah like budget is such a huge factor of any mm-hmm. like creative mm-hmm. endeavor it really has to be taken into account and you see it here in in clone wars in full displays you have so many more characters like we open with these extremely expensive to render volumetric uh, lights and this was also like seven years before rebels yeah so, yeah, so the computing was... power would have yeah. also been more expensive then mm-hmm. and barris gets a cape this they, they, they I did, am they so furious. Did cut it down because it was supposed to be like farther, like uh, more kind of by her waist. Uh, so it, angry. So, so, so they didn't kind of make it more like a capelet because they're like, hey, okay, we need to have it partially on there. But this <laughs> yes. is expensive. I, I know, I know, I know. Um, I just Lando got done wrong. He. Like, just spend less money on the pig and give, give the man the cake that he deserves. Why do you have to have such a funny 
swell pig. What, what was he called again? Puffer pig. Puffer Fonts. pig, yeah. <laughs> He's great. Uh, so so the, there, there is something, you, we see it a couple times throughout here, but in Luminara's L-A-A-T, there's actually a little depiction on like the nose of it. It's it's quite literally giving Dooku the boot. What? Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's, it's quite literally just like a cartoon version of just like a clone leg, just like <laughs> kicking Dooku in the butt. It's... <laughs> kicking him in the booku. booku. No, that's not, that's nothing. <laughs> Let's get into the episode, but maybe first, even though we're in a Jedi beacon where we're examining uh, the past. All right, let's get started with the episode because, man, I kind of want to do the intro again because yes. now I understand what Now you said. understand. Like, when, when, when the episode started and you started giggling right away, I was confused for a second. I was like, why is he laughing? He's like, oh, right, yeah, because now he understands, like, what I referred so who, to. <laughs> yeah, because who's who's the actor who does the voiceover for these? Tom Kane. The final surge. All right, let me see if I can do a Tom Kane impersonation. Oh, it's difficult. It's difficult. <laughs> Poggle the Lesser is about to unleash his brand new super tanks. Anakin Skywalker and Luminara Unduli provide a frontal assault on Poggle's factory while their Padawans Ahsoka Tano and Barriss Offee sneak in through the underground catacombs. The Padawans are unable to make it out on time, buried alive. They wait for rescue while Luminara and Anakin discuss their apprentices' fates. That was really good. Thank I, you. I, that I'm really was. Really that really myself. was really good. Like you start off, and I was like, I can't make a noise. I want to like let you do this, but it was really. I was like, wow, this is really good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna listen to it some more. He does this fun stuff with intonation at the end. Yeah, apprentices. He, he, he. I mean, I can just imagine him in the voice recording booth, like like do it doing these and just kind of like giggling to himself as he's doing it because it just, it sounds like he's having fun with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it it sort of sounds like a like 1920s. Uh, radio newsreader. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's definitely like what it's getting after. Is, is welcome that kind to of thing. Philadelphia, a city on the grow. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you have like you the even, world it, of tomorrow. We also have the the thing that Clone Wars did with every single episode it was uh, actually called the Jedi Fortune Cookie, which is kind of like the moral <laughs> at the beginning. That that's oh. production wise, they call it the Jedi Fortune Cookie. So um, oh, do with that what you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Lum Luminara and Barris are flying in. Barris, I assume you've made the necessary preparations? Precisely as you instructed, Master. I forgot about the fact that she had memorized 200 tunnels, so that's what she's referring to there. It's like, oh, did you memorize? Did you do your oh, right. homework? Yes. With, with everything you had to memorize? It's like, that yeah, is a lot. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, a lot is required from these Padawans. Uh, I noticed that she placed her palms together and did a bow, to her master's back instead of holding on to the safety rails. That's a that's an OSHA violation. Yeah, uh, that's I mean I mean Health and Safety has something to say about that. You're also still like in a battlefield. Like you this is not the best best idea here. <laughs> God, it's gorgeous though, this show. There's so many characters in the background. There's it, these frames are so well filled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Putting into stark contrast just how economical, how Bear, I, I, I'm trying to I say would, it. I would say economical is 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 yeah apt and 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 generous because because I mean they, they 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 production budgets are almost impossible to find and everything I can find is like supposition because I was I was trying to poke at, at right. production budgets. I've heard they had about half the budget that Clone Wars had. That seems right. I mean, like computational power would have been a lot cheaper seven years later. Mm -hmm. 
I always take like that with like a grain of salt. It's like how how well can you really trust that? Going from watching so much Rebels to watching Clone Wars is like wow. I'm just seeing so many people in the background. Yeah, just, it's like, really like, busy. Like because because there's there's a shot where Ahsoka's giving her briefing where you can kind of see like past her and kind of like like people just talking like in the back like a couple of clones talking in the background and it's a very simple yeah. like, animation cycle that they're that they're doing they're just kind of talking but they're doing gesturing. stuff like they have to be put there and, and they're just they're, they're back there yeah. at all and like like even if it's a simple animation thing they just have to like cycle it and like it has to render so like that's, that's yeah not an given amount of stuff to do so I mean, I've talked how I appreciated that kind of economy in uh, in Rebels, and it's now like clear to me just what a what an effort of budget optimization it was. How they convey the 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 environment with few details, mm -hmm. just some some decals. Like the market looks like a great market, even though there's only like nine people. Yeah, because they also lack the advantage of of Clone Wars, which is lots and lots of identical looking individuals. Yeah, <laughs> in the same uniform, or that are you know uh, droids versus on Lothal, where everyone wears whatever clothes they got handed down to them, and there's lots and lots of different species, so you get like a lot more to design. But I guess that also goes for Clone Wars. I mean, at the end, they're they're lifting these chunks of collapsed fortress. Each one of those has to be designed and rendered and uh, uh, and approved. The the nice thing is like by season two, they've had a couple explosions, they've had a couple of things, so they can just reuse some assets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every TV show is going to reuse stuff as much as possible because of course you're on a, you're on a time crunch. So so I don't want to get too bogged down in budget, but like I don't think that Rebels would have been able to to be at quite as successful with a smaller budget had that creative team not had years of experience. Oh, yes, with a I much see. larger budget, and then like, okay, well, we we've perfected some of the stuff. We have to do more with less, but like, we have a good workflow, we have good pipeline, we can kind of figure it out. So yeah, and this is always a a responsibility of the director. Mm. Like, I know that how they solved this uh, in Farscape, the Australian production of which I also do a podcast. Australia was not very familiar with big budget mm -hmm. uh, uh, productions <laughs> like this, so a lot of the Australian directors wouldn't really, like, they didn't have that much experience budgeting with these huge amounts of money. And so, like, from the special effects house, they got basically poker chips. And per episode, in your episode, you get, like, either, you know, 20 small effects like a like a blaster fire which doesn't require any uh, any compositing or five medium ones or two or three really big ones and you sort of trade if you wanted a really big effect like a great big spaceship breaking in half or whatever well then you don't get to use the laser guns or the pulse pistols or whatever that's because you spent it already that's a creative way to kind of get around of like okay hey we're on a tight budget. You want to be careful with it. like. <laughs> yeah, so you tell me what you want to see in this script, and I'll tell you if it's a big one, a little one, or a medium one, and then you know how many of those you can have and where you put them. So you'd sometimes have some pretty janky effects, or you know, someone would uh, have to be lifted up by a giant creature, and you just see their legs flopping about because they wanted to spend that money on the beginning. That's yeah, just where yeah. it had to go. <laughs> then we have uh, Ahsoka trying to give her briefing, and... Anakin uh, is trying is just uh, mansplaining it instead. I'm mansplaining it. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out. I was trying to do Anakin's thing and just finish your sentence for you. But you, yeah, no, uh, that's that's fair. I I thought of it in my head. I was like, it's like, oh, we should have like planned it out. But nope. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now he he really is. He's stepping on her lines. She's clearly stepping uh, in front of her. 
like also, physically just like yes. blocking her off and she gives him like the dirtiest look in one of these <laughs> focus your fire on the gun emplacements here and here because it's only because it's only after we neutralize the guns that we can push for the factory yeah and she's rightfully like unimpressed because this is her briefing and it would go better if like okay he does not acknowledge that he doesn't have a lot of confidence in her which yeah is i find this immensely difficult to watch because we know where anakin goes how how is this <laughs> to watch when you're like oh i hope you know, I'm, I'm very curious about the next adventures of Anakin. Gosh, doesn't he have a great sense of humor? He he's a murderer in in waiting. Yeah, and and that's 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 one of the interesting things that that Cloner's able to do is just kind of like tease and poke that because the audience knows where that's going to go. I mean, I would almost universally, especially at the time of this aired, because the the kids would have seen episode episode three that would have come out a few years earlier, so they would have known like where yeah. it ends. But so that you could just kind of like foreshadow and just kind of like have those those little moments of darkness and those little moments of anger that that Matt Lautner, uh, who voices Anakin, does mm. so, so, so well. But so how how do you find joy in this? Right. That 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 struck me as very difficult. Like I found myself tempted to root for uh, uh, for Anakin. But man, the universe would have been better off. If one of those, you know, <laughs> if you haven't deflected all of them, well, no, but, but because like even in the middle of this, like, like I mean, he like he's still charming. He's still like he's exactly. you can still see that he's a good strategist because he, well, hey, we we need to think ahead. Well, hey, I have some more explosives. We can go underneath and take it out. We oh, I'm gonna make a joke and be really funny and and in the middle of this because that's that's like what he is. Like so, it's. This is just like Anakin in his element here, and and yes, yeah. I don't. I guess okay. It's here. hard for him just not to be just charmed by just like how how he is here, even though I know it's going to end in tragedy. Like, yeah. See, tragedy is not even the word. This is what I struggle with. It is not a person with a lot of potential who we know is unfortunately uh, uh, later in life drawn into into a series of bad decisions. Like, for instance, someone who. Oh, I don't know. Uh, winds up with a, with a substance abuse problem in the future, mm-hmm. and like where they make choices, where their their sort of paths diverge. That is not the case for for Anakin. Like even leaving aside the metaphysical aspect that he is destined to bring balance by the Force, and hey, um, it seems like reducing the Jedi population to roughly equal with the Sith that seems like balance. That's probably not what anybody wants to hear, but hey, Jedi numerically balanced to the force would not be in your favor uh, <laughs> but even disregarding his his metaphysical destiny that he can't avoid we know that this that that fate was not thrust upon him that came from who he is and who he is is on display here he cannot accept death yeah and that's the case here like he his refusal to accept the loss of anyone he cares about translates to his almost dismissal his disrespect towards uh, Ahsoka because he he's this mother hen that just wants to sit on her uh, uh, goslings yeah I, uh, I mean like like I mean crossing species there but whatever <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I'd say that Kanan did a tiny bit of that but, but I don't think it was quite to this level I mean he no it was he wasn't for like Kanan he, to learn yeah I mean he wasn't 
just stopping Ezra from from talking and and not letting Ezra like take yeah. t- like kind of take charge because he he's rewarded that. But but yeah, it's it's really interesting just to just to see and contrast and compare and everything, which is what this episode is because not long after the briefing, like while they're arguing over. Like just just the fact that she's mansplaining and you're manspreading and and hey, just embarrassed walk up and go oh they're at it again, again master. Let's just say that they have a penchant for playing loose with regulations and rules of command. Uh, Luminara invites the silent Barris to introduce herself, which she does with a bow and a, and, and a kowtow or a curtsy. It's like halfway between there. And Ahsoka, she, there is a moment of confusion, and I can't really read her face, but she, she does not meet the supplication in kind. She yeah. offers her hand, and so, they shake hands like that. So... Kind of, I kind of like this actually because I, 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 yeah, you, you're, you're picking up things that I want to talk about anyway. Uh, and it's just really convenient. Oh, neat! Uh, <laughs> Already, our minds are becoming as one. Already, we've been doing this for a few months now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that the kind of what we're seeing on display here is Anakin's not a very traditional Jedi, right? Yeah, and Ahsoka is learning from him and is looking up to him, and and they've been together for a little bit in the timeline now. I think a couple months in the timeline is roughly where this is and then you have barris and luminara who are much more like kind of traditional jedi very like formalized things so i think it's more just like yeah well i, I assume I, that there are I, multiple I, jedi I, cultures like it's a multi-planetary yeah, yeah, uh, sect but, but but i i feel like there, there would be like that like res, like a, a respect and a reverence that, that there that would accompany it that ahsoka just kind of like Nah, like he doesn't do it. So yeah, I exactly. Don't do it, and and this is a cultural value that she she does not share. This kind of supplication, which I almost started to wonder. Well, wait, Anakin was a slave. I wonder, like, if, if he refuses he to has, bow. Yeah, okay. Well, and and, yeah. and if if I mean, because like, okay, she calls him master, and he doesn't have, he doesn't object to that. But like, she doesn't really like bow. She doesn't really like act subservient, and he doesn't see. He, I don't. I. It's a lot of episodes, so I can't re- re- exactly remember. But I don't remember him ever like expecting that from her. So I'm also right. wondering, like, how does that color him as a? And I, so I, I think oh, like that maybe yeah. be some of, some of what's on display here is is that is his baggage as a slave. Well, like he does not chastise Ahsoka for a lack of respect. Mm-hmm. That's that's not something that he expects from her. He doesn't expect her to afford him dignity. He expects loss from her, of course, uh, and, and and is honest in as far as he's able to understand his own emotions. But yeah, that's a really interesting contrast. I mean, he comes from a line of non-traditional Jedi, like Qui-Gon. Yeah. He was an unconventional no. thinker among the Jedi ranks <laughs> yeah, yeah. as well. Qui-Gon followed the living force, not what the interpretation of the force was. Of the, now, what the does that mean? Because it sounds like some space mumbo jumbo. I've been to every <laughs> end of the galaxy, kid, and I've never seen a. Oh, I can't even do his terrible, terrible line. Okay, no, yeah, actually, we're opening I, ourselves no, no, up to no, no, a multiple no, point here. Like, no, no, I actually have. I was actually watching a YouTube video that was actually talking about Taoism and Confucianism uh, through the lens of Kung Fu Panda. Okay, awesome. I mean, you said that like you were expecting <laughs> me to laugh, but no, it's it's, it's, it. it, it it, it feels a little ridiculous to, to talk about, but it was an interesting lens to view it in. But so, so like, I would say that the Qui-Gon's more Taoism, where it's just like, just kind of like the Zen, just like letting the force guide you, letting the force like take you where it is. 
and the prevailing attitude of the Jedi Council at the time uh, was more just Confucianism and just kind of like, no, like this is not like your place. It's not your place to be like trained. Right. You're too old to be trained. You're um, you, uh, you're a too young to be structural. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot more structure and Qui-Gon's, Qui-Gon's the hippie smoking. <laughs> Um, yeah. smoking spice, spice. Uh, out of a <laughs> out of an old speeder beaten up on the low level of the course out. They're they're multi-purpose vehicles, those bongos. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you're both finished with your little discussion, we do have a factory to destroy. And then we, we go into the briefing, which was which is interesting, because they're they're talking about the fact that this is a fortress. We're not going to get yeah. in there like going through the front door. Hey, let's go through the catacombs, right? Because <laughs> there's a chasm between the the two sides of this landmass. They're on one side. There's a bridge running toward the uh, the fortress on the other side. And Luminara has intelligence that every major Geonosian structure, because it's on the planet Geonosis, which is so cool, it's really pretty, has a structure of catacombs underneath it, and that should be where they enter. This is the point where we realize that Ahsoka's plan initially is a two-pronged assault where the, the main attack is a distraction while an infiltrant sneaks inside and sabotages the weapons factory, which they're there to destroy, because otherwise the, the structure is uh, d- d- utterly impenetrable. Mm-hmm. So thanks to Luminara and the extreme memorization of Barris, who has memorized every <laughs> one of these tunnels in a three-dimensional structure, by the way. I don't think that I could do that. <laughs> no, no. I was never that good of a student at all. <laughs> so their plan is further refined. Anakin suggests marching their army parade style up the bridge. The best way to do that is to march our troops straight up the middle, parade style. They can't resist that. With no cover. Well, we have to make it tempting. And this is a sort of psychological strategy because he wants to present an opportunity that Poggle can't resist. And Poggle, as an aristocrat, and also how we've seen Geonosian combat so far, would be extremely attracted to this kind of, you know, blocks of soldiers against one another in a straight line. Well, I mean, I say that... The Geonosians can fly, and they do love to do that as well. Yeah. Gosh. They forgot all about the Geonosians and their plan. They're just expecting droids here. I just realized that. They are just expecting droids here. They have not oh. accounted for the Geonosians at all, because there's no like indication of anything flying. It's like, you're on their home planet. Well, uh, let's, let's stick with that for a second. Like, I, know, <laughs> I, I know a little bit of, uh, of lore that I've picked up here and there, so I'm, I'm relishing the opportunity to test that with you. So the original battle droids that we were introduced to in mm-hmm. episode one, they're based on Geonosian skeletons, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, so that was their so sort of intimidation uh, uh, thing. Geonosians didn't design these, or did they? I believe they did design these because Poggy the Luster is also where the the Death Star plans came from. So they're not just a manufacturing thing. They do have like design no, they... stuff too. Wow. What a what an incredible culture. Okay. So then I can kind of understand if they have this psychology of uh, a, a battlefield warfare, you know, open fields, uh, sending in pawns. 
you know, they, they, they seem to have a sort of hierarchy of value of assets where normally like Geonosian infantry would be the least valued and would be put in ranks and sent mm -hmm. out in front. And now you have something that is even less valuable than that, which is a droid in the culture of, uh, uh, of the Star Wars universe. So that becomes your lowest class and that becomes the, the thing that you invest in to get the most of and make them expendable. And, and to that point, you just keep like teaming up to just points I want, I want to talk about. Yay! Uh, so th there was something that they did kind of uh, try and differentiate in here. Worker genosians versus like fighter genosians. Uh, so, so like yes. fighter genosians are arguably ones that you'd see that have wings and kind of like spikes on their shoulders almost. Yes, uh, I noticed that. And then worker, worker drones just like will not have wings. Uh, and I think they're a little smaller. So what's their reproduction like? And this is a, an indelicate question. I understand that. But I'm curious about, I mean, they seem insectoid, even though they have uh, wet aqueous eyes. They seem to have the kind of hierarchy and the structures that we associate with uh, certain types of insects. So like the, the second battle genosis, which is kind of like what this arc covers. Uh, this mm -hmm. is just like one part of an arc. The breeding cycle is incorporate into actually I think the next episode uh so oh, wow. it is just as a as a well maybe hint, i'll watch that as homework but, but just just as a hint i'll just to drop oh, yeah. uh not my daughter you bitch whoa <laughs> okay <laughs> okay i guess the thing that I'm, that I'm curious about okay you are born into a cast because you have the physical properties of that is your ancestry does that determine your your fate as a Geonosian? I'm comparing it to, for example, the, the Minbari of uh, Babylon 5, where they're associated by, by certain physical properties as well. They have a bony uh, brow or uh, the, yeah, a bony protrusion on the back of their head, which is much more pronounced for uh, the warrior caste and much more elegant. for. But it kind of, like, it depends I mean, on the, how you happen to develop. And, and, which, I mean, destiny the, the Geonosians are very much based on insects. Is there a specific type of insect? Because there's a huge variety of insects. You know, like bees, you have solitary bees. They're not all uh, hive-based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I think it's more kind of like hive-based, but we're going to change it up a little bit to make it what we need it to be because that's that's the creative process. <laughs> yeah, and hey, that's also how nature works. Nature yeah. is yeah. weird. Okay, so they have a plan where the Padawans will infiltrate the uh, the tunnels while the Masters and the army distract uh, Poggle the Lesser's armed forces. Anakin is uncertain about this. Master, I can do this. I've had riskier assignments. But unlike Barris, you aren't prepared for this mission. Until uh, Luminara shows great confidence in, uh, in Barris, and Ahsoka sort of uh, rides along on that. See, see, she's in charge. She'll take care of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it almost almost kind of challenging. Her, just like it's like, oh, like see, like her Padawan's good enough. You want to be like one up by by. <laughs> you want to be one up yeah. by 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 Luminars. I mean, it, it's almost kind of like what it, what it strikes me as is a little bit of like yeah, that yeah, challenge. I, that. I mean, Anakin was was a racer. He's competitive. Like he's like, no, I want to win. <laughs> he does not seem to be moved by any of this though. Like he is so so focused here, uh, but it's a good plan and. They hand out, I mean, I made the joke in my notes, synchronize swatches, if you know what that is. <laughs> the, the, the swatch was a, a, oh, it was an 80s thing. It was an interchangeable, like, watch module that you could put in different bands. Okay. And it okay. was so cool. <laughs> uh, 
But that's literally what they have. Uh, Luminara hands out these chronometers that they all slip into their wristbands that they already have, and they all put them together and hack. <laughs> it's so cool. It's such it, an eighty moment. It really is. Like I'm looking at like this is ridiculous. And then Ahsoka puts on her her like boxy uh, Clone Wars backpack uh, that that I know so well because I I. I made a cover for for an existing backpack that looked like one of these because I was like, I want a backpack, but I want it to look like in costume. So I'm yeah, going to do very that. very good. <laughs> I mean, this looks much more practical than Ezra's cuboid backpack. This actually has a... It looks like you do yeah. a tuck and roll with this. And I'm almost positive you see that happen at some point in the show. It's, yeah, right. There's a, there's so many episodes. I'm not going to remember them all. <laughs> Uh, we have episodes at home, Greg. We cut <laughs> to the fortress where uh, Boggle the Lester uh, is, is clicking and buzzing. And uh, one of these, would you call them strategy droids? Uh, tactical droids. Tactical droids, thank you. The factory is operating at 50% production capacity. We have 10 garrisons of new droids ready to deploy. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether this was just a droid or like a droid citizen because you have like... There is one of the separatist cultures is the the Synth League or something. It was in episode two when they were all sitting around when the separatist council was in the 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 techno union. Okay, so a little behind the scenes, we actually did look it up just a second. We're, we're both trying <laughs> you, to. I'm, how dare you? <laughs> there is no way that they bought this, Greg. Like I, you know, I, I, I know. I, yeah, I, 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 my, <laughs> doing my charming little stutter, like, hmm, hmm, oh, what could it be? And then, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, I think next time we do this, we should have our own little mini Bothan report where we <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we're just showing all our our flaws and 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 what I so carefully edit out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very good. No, come on. We're all having fun together. Uh, uh, yeah, so we see this tactical droid who goes, hmm, hmm. I love his voice. I don't even remember what he says. I just I just wrote down like, oh, the droid has a cool voice. They have no weapon that can penetrate its heavy armor. It's saying that they're only at 50% capacity with the plant and they've already made about 20 and they have more on the way. So they're... Ah, yeah. They're, they're, they're cooking along. Their new secret super weapon. The Jedi Masters are marching on the Grand Old Duke of York. He had 10,000 <laughs> men. He marched them up the bridge to their doom and did not march them back again. I love the uh, the sort of Republic clone army like material that they have. The Hexapod Walkers. The the, uh, AT, the ATTE. Yes, it's ATTE. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does TE stand for? Uh, All-terrain... Yeah, I got that part, Greg. Terrestrial. That is bad. Something. It's terrestrial not... Earthbound. So... <laughs> terrain, terrain, terrain is what you're saying. The all, all terrain, terrain, terrain. Okay, no, I like that. And he's doing the Jar Jar thing. Steady, steady. Like they need to be told. They you give them their orders and they're good to go. They're just they're 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 done. Like okay, yeah, we're doing this now. And here, okay, so I'm sure that every other Clone Wars podcast has talked about this, but how do you deal with the fact that all of these stormtroopers have compartmentalized mind where at the same time they're willing to die for these Jedis and they're willing to kill them at a moment's notice? That is insane, right? There's plot points that talk about that in in, in 
fascinating, heartbreaking ways and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yes. No, I'm just enticing is, you with Clone Wars now. This, that, that's the secret Jedi beacon. Just enticing <laughs> you with Clone Wars. Just giving you, giving you a taste. Just like, yeah, Clone Wars. Yes, good, good. <laughs> Give in to your desires. Okay. So, do you notice how we haven't made any, like, peepee or poopoo jokes yet? We're doing very well. We're we're like a grown-up Star Wars podcast. Well, we're not really going through. Myself. We're not going through literal sewers. We're just we're we're just marching through the sun, and it's really nice. And oh no, look, the Genosians have sprung out of these spires that we're walking through. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can fly. <laughs> so how about that? Yeah. So the scale of this battle, all these laser bolts, like on Farscape, this would be a lot of special effect chips. Uh, <laughs> and and, and I, I love that, like, like you know, they're giving moments to Anakin and to Luminar because, you know, it's your your guest, Jai. You want to make sure that, that, that she looks cool, too. And, and she, she does. She, she does this really cool thing where she, she she's slicing through like a couple of droids while holding up another droid as a shield, just taking a, blaster yes. shots before like forcing it into the one. It's like, I love that. I just thought it was like, that's fantastic. That multitasking is so brilliant. In the meantime, the two Padawans have made it down into the gully that the bridge is traversing. And Barris, she's memorized where these tunnels uh, adjoin. And she carves a door out of the rock and into a tunnel. <laughs> I am glad that your lightsaber is long enough for that, that you really measured it very carefully. Well, they do have I mean, we saw with Rebels, they can adjust the length to make it a little longer. Yeah. How long can it be? Like, can you just shine it like a flashlight at the Death Star and sort of aim it and sort of tease? Sort of, if you wanted to okay. carve your name into the Death Star, could you do that? <laughs> Look, you you took this into complete to completely like just extreme direction. I wasn't expecting you to, and I should have. I should know. I should just know that you're going to be silly. Silly though. What? Uh, s- s- silly what? though. No, 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 no. You'll appreciate this. There's an interview that I saw about this moment where, where Barris is like cutting it out. Where where Filoni's basically just just, just he he imagined a, a like just a Jedi class where they're cutting shapes out of stuff with their lightsabers because oh, yeah. it's like everyone goes like circles and it's like you know you have to like squeeze through sometimes it's like so like what, what, what do they do a square? I just love the image of just Yoda just just like judging just like like. A circle that is not. (laughs) (laughs) Like like an art teacher walking behind everyone's easel. Yes. "Mm, Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Try a splash of yellow. And into the catacombs they go. Uh, Luminara says it in a weird... Oh, gosh. I sure hope that's a Sheffield accent. I've got some egg on my face. Uh, And into the tunnels they go. I I wouldn't know, so... It's dark and it's creepy. Lots of volumetric lighting. Very expensive to render. Good job there. Um, <laughs> we cut back and forth a few times while the, uh, the the Padawans, like they face their own difficulties. Ahsoka is following Barris, who is not sure where to go at one point because two hundred tunnels with three dimensional intersection is very, very tricky. Yeah, and 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 and. Barris gets a little freaked out when a uh, a sleeping drone's hand just lands right on her. Right on her head, and wouldn't you know? In classic movie trope fashion, oh, the eye wakes up as they're walking away. Because yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, that is this bit. They okay. So these catacombs are there are skeletons there. So catacombs are traditionally for the respectful disposal of uh, of the dead. Mm-hmm. There are sleeping geonosians atop the, the sort of bone alcoves here. 
Yeah. Yeah. What the hell kind of culture is this? That's fascinating. <laughs> what is their relationship with death? I think it gets touched on a little bit. Honestly, in in either the next episode or the episode after that, uh, like yeah, they, they, they. But I, I, off the top of my head, I'm just, I can't remember specifics. I can remember like a couple things that happened, but just I just I, I so I unfortunately I just don't have a, a okay. A firm no, that's entirely fine. Head. So I think that what you're saying is you do actually know, but you won't tell me because you're trying to trick me into another podcast so I can find this out. I'm not going to fall for your ruse, uh, Craig. <laughs> Just as we worry that uh, uh, the Geonosians are not going to fall for for their strategy, because yes, we have them being flanked by flying Geonosians, and meanwhile our our heroes, as they're making their way through the tunnels, are followed by a lone Geonosian who has just woken up after their sleeping hand fell on top of uh, Barris's head, and Ahsoka dealt with that. I thought that was really well done, by the way. Like mm-hmm. Barris's whole still go, Ahsoka, very calm, very professional. Ezra would not have done that. <laughs> we saw how Ezra reacted to a dead body. He would have, he would have like screamed and freaked out. He's not out. dead though. He's not dead. That's true. That's true. <laughs> just, just move the dead ones aside and get to the living ones. He, and and we see this one following them through uh, the tunnel where they have to force jump up. And for a second, I was confused. Like there doesn't seem to be a ladder. Like how do they get up those tunnels if they don't have force billet? They can. They have wings. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the battle continues to rage, and even though I mean, th- four or five droidakas show up. I love that name. It's so cool. Yeah, that doesn't do much when, you know, a clone rushes up and fires a missile at it and then Yeah, exactly. The, the ATTEs are just they're just unloading on the droids and really making short work of them. And so the tactical droid begs uh, uh, Poggle the Lesser, I beg you, my lord, very, very deferential. Show some clear tactical thinking about how to manipulate uh, an aristocratic <laughs> re- leader to release the uh, uh, the super tanks, which, oh, they, it, it takes a little bit for before they're actually deployed. But man, that introduction is so well done. The doors open these, these hulking shapes inch out and they're just... Oh, I'm trying to they're, think what they reminded me of. They're beefy. They're yeah. They're they're shielded, and that's like what protects me. Even then, like their armor just looks like significant. Yeah, because they have these sort of armored cowls. It sort of reminded me of oh, there's an animal, there's an insect that I know the name in Dutch is a vons, and they're heavily armored bugs that infiltrate hives. True bugs. That's apparently what they're called. So the ones I'm thinking of are, they look like shortbread. They're, they're armor covered from top <laughs> yes, to bottom. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just walk into an ant hive and they're covered by ants and they're trying to take this thing apart and they just can't get through its armor. And it just walks in and eats their larva and walks out again. That's what I was thinking of with these super tanks. But, but, I mean, that tracks with, with their designs. If, if Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because the, the, the battle droids is, is, is insect-like, uh, the... This is probably inspired by like the Geonosian ecosystem and their various food chains. Anakin is at first unimpressed with this uh, this new weapon and instructs the uh, uh, in, 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 instructs uh, Captain Rex, my 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 favorite clone. Oh yeah, um, pick your targets, <laughs> and he orders the all-terrain terrain terrains to fire on these new super tanks. Uh, big explosion! Haha, nothing could survive that, but in fact they can. <laughs> They're piloted by two battle droids. Who are like our shields are holding. 
<laughs> I really like the battle droids. I, 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 the battle droids really are like the the big comic relief part of Clone Wars. Is just is like it's just they, they get like the best little like comedic. Yes, and... <laughs> they're like oh, I want to say like on a on a, on, a, on a great big sailing galleon, you'd you'd have like below decks crew who just get some orders every now and again, and they hear noises from. Huh, I wonder how it's going. All right. What are we doing today? Do you think is it treasure or pirates or oh I don't know? Well, we'll just pull this rope, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Facing these impossible odds, they still have to hold out. They have to give their uh, their padawans time. They know that they should be about at the reactor by now, but they, you know they we don't know how long it's going to take. So we just got yeah. So. It's not really about synchronizing chronometers so much as signaling to one another because Ahsoka and Barris do indeed make it into the factory floor. They start placing BP bombs around uh, some glowing central core. I noticed that Ahsoka was very casual about it. Like she just sort of slaps them on the side and doesn't even check whether they're properly affixed or armed or whatever. This wasn't the first time that she's had to uh, place yeah, the bombs. Yeah, but always check your work. <laughs> also, one thing that, that I noticed like in there is like... It's like a spy movie drum, or it's like The Incredibles, like has this kind of like drum. Oh, the bongos, like, yeah, or djembes. It is, yeah, okay, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you just like very lightly like have that, and it's like it's like I just yes. like that little touch about of that because it is a it is a spy sneaky thing that they're uh, that they're doing. Although they are soon found out by Poggle and the tactical droid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That seems like an odd priority. So just after they've placed the, the bombs and given the success signal to Anakin and Luminara, they are caught. Poggle gives some orders, which for some reason the tactical droid translates into English for the other Geonosians. Like, <laughs> you heard him. Retrieve their pathetic little bombs and uh, kill the intruders. Which they do. So while Anakin and Luminara are laboring under the assumption that success is at hand, all these little BP bombs are being picked off by flying Geonosians. Flying Geonosians who, the noise that they make, among other things, uh, but primarily a combination of the penguin mating call and fruit bats. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just, I just I mean, love like making creature noise, like finding out how those noises work. Like that's, I. But that's, that's I'm not so... creative enough for that job, but I want that job. Or I just want to like watch other someone else do that job and just like be amazed by it the entire time. <laughs> Can you imagine like how how mental that must be trying to construct this sound and going through the whole library? Okay, let's try horny lemurs. No, that's not quite it. I want it to be just a little bit more like a sad uh, elephant. <laughs> Well, it's going to be more like that. So, so like, the the moment that I realized that the cave troll in Lord of the Rings was a horse brain, I feel like my, my like, life, like, like crumbled a little bit. I was like, so some magic just, like, went slightly out of the world for a little bit. Because I was always just, like, haunted by that noise. And I was like, well, that's just a horse, like, really upset. I was like, oh. It's no, that's that, that, like, 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 like in one hand, like, the world became like slightly less magical, oh, and another hand, it became, like you. slightly more. But just like, it's like, it's just like, just like that, that veneer of just like childhood innocence. I was like, oh, I guess well, it makes sense. It's not just like it, it, it wasn't I, just like a noise they made, but like, I delight in that because getting those kinds of sounds that convey emotion are mm-hmm. incredibly difficult. That's why, like. R2-D2 was voiced by a person. Famously, they, uh, what was it for, J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams hired a comedic duo to voice BB-8. Uh, uh, Bill Hader, wasn't it? Oh, was it? 
Oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, and 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 Dave Filoni does does Chopper because you you <laughs> need emotion emotion in there, and that's what you get from animals. Chewbacca is a bear, right? The vocalizations of a, a, of a Russian bear, I believe, and like incorporating animal elements is a, is a great way to do it. See if your stupid tank can take this. Proud as Anakin should be of Ahsoka, who, uh, despite facing one of these super tanks, tries her best. She throws another BP bomb at it, and the tactical droid goes, ha 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 ha. The super tank is impervious to all weapons. And then it just blows up. and <laughs> <laughs> Because, hey, dude, you're not inside the tank, you're standing next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- tactical droid with just like a really narrow like he has a blind uh, spot process. who doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> facing impossible odds okay here's what, something I didn't understand the other Geonosians are drawn away like a Geonosian comes out of the tunnel says hey come on buds and the other Geonosian fighters follow him oh with the bombs that they collected yeah, I think it's to, just to get the bombs away from it, just to like, hey, just right, get, yeah. get get down here, and we can we can seal them off, and they can get murdered by the tank. Yeah, not not happening so much because uh, Barris jumps up, and turns out it is not impervious to lightsabers. Hey, why don't you make everything out of lightsabers? Like, why don't you put lightsaber <laughs> bayonets on your rifles? Uh, they are just weapons. Anyone can turn on a lightsaber, right? But they just. The- Jedi do kind of have a they did kind of take as many of the kyber crystals as they possibly could they did try yeah. and take those back but like a lightsaber bayonet on the end of your rifle as a clone trooper gives you a huge advantage <laughs> why doesn't everyone have these okay whatever too much Star Wars distracting from the Star Wars so uh, Barris carves her way into this uh, super but, tank but not before uh, Ahsoka's actually knocked unconscious that's when Barris gets the idea of Okay, Ahsoka's unconscious. I can't let her be, be, oh, of course. be attacked. And we have what I really, really, really love in this episode is yeah? Anakin and Luminara like just climbing down underneath the bridge while the tanks are rolling out. Yes, which is is so ridiculous, and it's it's just one of those things. Just like I, this this would not sell in live, in live action, action. I don't yes, think like right. this is one of those things where you'd see in live action. It's like ah eh, no, but because it's a cartoon, the- it's like. This Somehow is holding cool. on to the underside of a bridge and like hand hand over hand walking underneath, putting putting bombs down. Originally in the script, it was going to be blowing up the tanks on the bridge. But like oh, you're, you're going to okay. be like planting the bombs on the tanks, like jumping from one to the other, planting the bombs or something like that. Uh, and then as they were reviewing with with George Lucas, he was like, he just liked the visual of them going up underneath the bridge instead. And they're like, that's a really that that would look really and cool. It, Let's and do it, it sells the imperviousness better because mm-hmm. then you get the the great gag of uh, uh, Ahsoka yeah, trying yeah. the same thing and the, <laughs> and the tactical droid getting hoisted by her petard. So when the bombs are all placed, they're able to to kind of jump back up to the top and uh, run kind of safely away and then just blow it up. And it's this really cool explosion. And yeah. they, they just start like falling down and you just have this, this, this really sad, just like, yes, the, <laughs> just the, like the droids in the tank. Go, <laughs> fate accepted uh yeah somehow the jedi know exactly where to stand which side of the bridge will definitely not collapse they have great faith in geonosian architecture and civil engineering uh ahsoka wakes up and is invited into the super tank where the two padawans 
they have to confer, like, how are we going to complete this mission without the bombs? Well, we can use the tank. And she contacts Anakin. I'm sorry, Master. We can't make it out. Can't make it out? Ahsoka, wait! Yeah, and before that, uh, uh, Rex is even saying, like, oh, you need to get out of there. And he's like, not without Ahsoka. She contacts him. He's like, not without Ahsoka. Yep. Um, I don't know why he's referring to her in the third person when she's talking directly to her, but apparently that's what I said. So that's how, that's how the episode goes now. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this tank could destroy the power generator and probably us along with it. I guess that's our only choice. They're going to use the tank to blow up this reactor, which explodes and the whole structure comes down in true uh, Star Wars slash Indiana Jones fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and they did something really beautiful sound-wise there. They cut yeah. out... So 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 they, they cut out all the sound effects, but the low end. So you just get the yes. low end of, this, of the sound and just kind of like the physical like shockwave of it. And it's, just yeah. the, it's the music that, that carries it there. It's it's Kevin Kiner's just wonderful score that... Fire. I just yeah, I like the use him. of <laughs> silence to sell <laughs> volume is fantastic. Like I, the, the first time that I became truly aware of how effective that was, uh, oh, it was Attack of the Clones when Boba Fett is being pursued by uh, uh, yes, Obi Wan yes, in the yes. fighters <laughs> and drops those like what are they the, called the, like the, 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 the seismic or, charges? Yeah, the seismic charges, and they they detonate and then boom, everything's gone. And then the this. this uh, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it now or not, but I believe, if I remember correctly, we watched that with like my dad's like pretty good speakers. Dude. We blew one out. We blew a cone out of one of them. Oh wow! I we 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 cranked up a little bit too loud, and we just heard this like awful like crackling noise happen, oh, no. and, and it was just like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and yes, for the listeners at home, you did indeed just hear him put his hands up in shame, like 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 blinders, like ooh, like a fourteen year old trying to hide. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hiding. Um, there's yeah, no hiding it's... from that explosion. Uh... No, but fortunately, the uh, the super tanks have been established as being nigh indestructible. But not before we see Luminara dropping to her knees, and Anakin's like, "No, oh we'll, yeah, we'll find them." And, and she's like, "No, I can already feel them fading," and he's adamant here. And yes, she's now, she's at peace. This is interesting uh, because it does show uh, a, a weakness in Jedi doctrine: her ability to accept the inevitability of death, which mm -hmm. is a weakness of Anakin's that he's unable to do that, like results in a lack of motivation. Mm -hmm. his inability to accept death, which is his huge, huge downfall, is also what, what motivates him to continue searching and to continue kindling this little spark of hope that he has. Mm -hmm. So I, th I, thought it was, I thought it was quite cool that the alternative to we Anakin's have, weakness like, is presented two, as also wrong. two extremes here. Because Anakin, I, I mean, he seems angry with her uh, a couple moments, like d during the search that like... yeah she's like giving up on them or she's not like it's vulgar to him it's offensive mm -hmm. like she's burying someone who's who's still alive which is surely what it feels like for him like he can feel through the force that is uh, his padawan is is still alive even though they're fading 
because they're entombed in their uh, super tank. They have their lightsabers as a source of light. They talk about their impending fate. And Barris says that she would have rather died fighting up there than of starvation down here. And Ahsoka goes, oh, don't worry. We'll suffocate way before that. <laughs> and Barris says thanks. And she means it. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like it's 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 a, just a tension breaker. It's like it's like a, okay, well, like that's not quite what I meant, but like okay, like I I feel like that's kind of a little bit more I, where, where oh, it is. I got a different reading out of it. I, I I get what you mean, but the reading in that moment was sticking with the two extremes because we have two different streams of uh, schools of thought of Jedi philosophy here where I felt that Barris was genuinely appreciative of it because she felt that death was inevitable and suffocation is preferable to starvation, right? As a, as a way to go, it's better. But Ahsoka wasn't acknowledging either of those. She, Ahsoka was not acknowledging her death because she was never taught that by her teacher. Hand me that power cell, would you? Which I just really love that just you, you have like, like the unconventional master yeah. making for an unconventional apprentice and like... There are definitely like episodes. I mean, like because because Obi Wan also factors into the show a, a a good bit as well. So like Yay. she she she's getting like some some of that like back and forth as well, and she's getting some of like that more kind of traditional stuff from him. Right. Yeah. But it's just really fascinating to see how like how that is. Um, yeah, where the needle goes because Obi Wan sort of struggled with it as well. He wanted to be more orthodox. Mm-hmm. As a Jedi, he struggled to accept the oddness of Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. And committed um, himself to it out of a, a sense of obligation rather than a genuine understanding of what motivated Qui-Gon. Yeah. I, th- th- there also what was, was something that's really interesting is there's a sketch that I believe that Filoni did himself of, of this moment where they're in yeah. there um, that, that I have included in, in the art book that came with my, my DVD. So I'm going <gasps> to try to find, I'm going to try to include this, this sketch uh, either in the show notes or on our socials because it's just it's just a really cool thing. But oh you wow, can, you can just see like Barris and, and Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's like really determined looking and kind of like a little grumpy <laughs> yeah. in there. Um, but it's <laughs> like without that context, it sort of looks like she's she's pissed off at Barris. They're stuck in a <laughs> they're stuck in Mom's camper van. It uh, does and, look and like she's that. just angrily twittering or trying to ignore her big sister. <laughs> I was gonna go with another thing because I was. I was, it almost reminded me of a goofy movie route where it's like, oh, well, like angry because Bigfoot's asleep on top of the car. And... <laughs> That's a good movie. Uh, um. <laughs> it is a very good movie. I only recently saw it a few years ago and I was astonished at how Stand good a goofy movie is. And the music is fantastic. I, I, I still feel, I'm pretty sure I know all the words to stand out. <laughs> you are very cool. <laughs> That's one word for it. Anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, interesting parallels. Goofy movie, father and son, trying to communicate with each other and, and learning to understand each other and various perspectives on that kind of mentor-apprentice relationship here as well. Ahsoka and Anakin both refuse to give up. And because of that, Anakin directs the, uh, uh, the excavation efforts while Ahsoka tries something random by touching the exposed power line. Hey, sticking with uh, the goofy. <laughs> that should have been the transitional material. Well. <laughs> with her communicator, the, the her swatch, essentially, and just tapping out a Morse code that says nothing, but informs uh, Anakin that he's on the right track, allows him to somehow localize where it's coming from. Uh, Rex offers to bring in the heavy equipment, and he says there's no time, and the two Jedi lift 
these chunks of rock out of the out of the collapsed debris. So, 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 so you're saying like, oh, well, the Morse code was saying nothing, but there is, like, like if you're not expecting a signal, and then like suddenly you see like a set pattern. It doesn't matter if it's set, if it's a, if it's that or not. If it's just oh, like yeah, a of set standardized pattern, like that is, I mean. That's of the course. driving force of the book Contact. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, yeah, that you could this this idea, which I think it, uh, many people agree is is false, that you would be able to distinguish signal from from noise in all cases. Then again, in Contact, it was tailored specifically for human psychology. So okay, yes, human beings are pattern seeking. Uh, animals like like our brains are are wired to seek out patterns. So like if you're if it just starts going in like a steady just anything like that's that's recognizable that like that that triggers like your brain. To oh yeah, of course. I was sort of diving into in, into the much deeper philosophy of the watchmaker argument. You like can you recognize a signal? I'm on like the, I'm on like the surface, just like chilling out, like hanging like on a on like an air tube, like with like a drink in my hand. You're like you're diving down, like like at the bottom, like coming up with like buried treasure and shit. And it's like it's like look at this, this is so cool. It's like that is really well, cool. Okay. I'm just just sipping my drink. I wasn't what I was talking about, but cool. that's cool. That's cool, dude. Okay, so we'll leave that for another time because. We... <laughs> We still have a little bit of episode to talk about. Yeah, he, he he recognized this signal because it was tailored for him. Even though like Ahsoka, she's she's touching this power line to the communicator. She's not doing it in a very regular pattern, it seems like. But we get another another demonstration of okay, the the stormtroopers or no, they're not stormtroopers, the clone troopers do a lot of work. There's a lot of heavy machinery. A huge amount of effort is expended to perform tasks that Jedi can also do. Which, I, I know, there's an asymmetry in the utility of each of those assets, and it is exhausting for the Jedi. But, yeah, these Jedi, they can do it much faster. Why aren't there Jedi in rescue operations all the time to perform these feats of... Because they can do it with such care. In peacetime, that was something that was practiced a little bit more once it became wartime. Yes, that happens much less. Yeah, it seems like a... Okay, I'm sure that we could fill an entire uh, <laughs> sub-podcast with my questions to you oh, about geez. the militarization of this religion. Um, but the their efforts are successful. They lift these giant rocks off and the Padawans are able to, uh, uh, to climb out. And yeah. this is where we get that moment of, of acknowledgement. But if it weren't for Ahsoka, we'd still be down there. Indeed. Your master never lost faith in you. Yeah, and th that... there's also one that I really appreciated where, where, like, you know, Ahsoka just kind of, like, she's like, her head drops and she can't do it anymore. And Barish kind of, like, offers her hand and Ahsoka just kind of, like, weakly takes oh, it. Oh, yeah. And just this really sweet, just kind of, like, quiet moment of just, like, you know, hey, if this is going to be the end, like, you know, we're, we're like, I don't want to say we're in this together. That, that sounds, like, much more no, dark. That's... But just the, the, the comfort of just, of just like, like, you know, you're not alone. Hey, if, if I was facing mortality, like having someone holding my hand would mean the world yes, to me. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's such a cool thing to do for, for someone else as well. Although there is that, that ticking time bomb, one of you is going to let go first. And that's going to be very lonely for the other person. But for, fortunately, no, don't dwell on that. Don't dwell on that for a second. Out of the anxiety <laughs> chamber and into the light. 
because they are indeed rescued. Yeah. yeah I liked how easily they got on, Ahsoka mm-hmm. and, and Barris. I mean, Barris is a little bit older, but, but it, it also just kind of seems just like Ahsoka isn't like treating her like a Padawan. She isn't treating her as anything else, but just like a peer. Because even with like the the master Padawan relationship, Anakin and Ahsoka argue a little bit more like brother and sister or just like peers yes. than they do like a father and child kind of relationship. Whereas like Kanan is still a little bit more like father son with Ezra. That's not yes. the re- the case here, which I just thought is 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 interesting. Kind of like compare. A little I bit. see that. Yeah, I mean, Ahsoka has gone through rigorous training before the war started. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true, isn't it? In, yeah, in, it's not in the timeline, and so like she has a level of professionalism that Anakin can rely on, which Ezra and Kanan come from very different backgrounds. They're very different experiences. (laughs) And their struggle is to understand each other's capabilities and and, and desires and motivations. And it's much easier for uh, Anakin and Ahsoka because they both come from the same professional educational institution, essentially. Jedi vocational training involves a lot of hand-to-hand combat, I've noticed. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> wonder wonder what that's about. But yeah, so it's interesting to compare these these multiple relationships because yeah, for me as well, the the shadow of Kanan and Ezra loomed large over this. Mm-hmm. They seemed like a blend of these two yeah, parents, right? Which leads into like the big question that I wanted to ask you like with this one is how do you think Ezra would have done under Luminara? <laughs> Ah, ah. Well, <laughs> it would have been, I think, a very short series. <laughs> I don't think it would have been very long. I, like, like, I just, I'm, 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 which always feels like a really long roundabout way to make like a really simple joke. <laughs> because I think yeah, this, in, this, in, this, this show, this, this shows like, like interesting is both from like what we've seen, like, like what we still, still will see with Rebels of just like, like kind of comparing and, and, and looking at the, the relationships, but just what was Kanan thinking, thinking that Luminar would be a good master for Ezra? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was still space Aladdin at that point, so he was still thinking of Ezra as a diamond in the rough, <laughs> and not realizing that he is just a mollusk, and mollusks can be valuable on their own. They don't have to secretly be diamonds. They can just be a cute little barnacle, and they have their own barnacle. They're not, like, bivalves. That's cool. Not everything has to be a jewel like you, Kato. Okay, I want fan art of Ezra as a mollusk. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm probably, it's, it's probably much more like a loth cat or whatever, but in, in the sort of metaphor that you have this lump of coal and like, what is it actually? Oh, maybe it's secretly a diamond. Or it can be an actual, it can just be itself, which is Ezra thing. <laughs> he is himself and he is already valuable just the way he is. He doesn't have to be molded into somebody else's uh, somebody else's shape, which I sort of see in the relationship between Ahsoka and, uh, and Anakin. Mm-hmm. He is not applying that kind of compression that seems to be normal for for Jedi, where individuality and spontaneity is suppressed and disapproved of, valuing discipline and. But, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, on the other hand, I like I feel like he's not doing that because the war is doing that, so he doesn't feel like he needs to apply more pressure and added pressure and 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 like 
and 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 do you know do that i don't be, think because... he would anyway like look at his relationship with probably with, with obi-wan yes yes I, I would i would agree with that but like i think definitely just like with the war like because it's a war it's it's yeah um... fair <laughs> and and we, and we are coming from different perspectives like the war in my mind has not been very long because there's there's two movies there's really only one movie where with 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 war and not multiple seasons so I come from a different experience. Yes, and I'm and I'm just sitting here, just like, oh, I know everything that happens, and, uh, <laughs> and my my brain's like expanded, and I can see through, I can see the source code, and uh, <laughs> you can you can see the scroll. <laughs> Closing out this before we have like the the nice moment where it's like, oh, your master never gave up on you, and 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 you know we we pan out, and it's really nice. Ooh. Is we have Luminar kind of kind of scolding him. It's not that I gave up, Skywalker, but unlike you, when the time comes, I am prepared to let my student go. Can you say the same? And Anakin looks just angry. Anakin yeah. is is hurt by the suggestion. He's he just looks angry and and dismissive of it. And Yes. Uh, because uh, it's it's just it's just more beautiful awful foreshadowing <laughs> yeah it's a lesson he absolutely refuses to learn he's had so many opportunities and he just refuses it's not in him mm-hmm. he is not able to to accept death and this is what i what i talked about earlier his his fall from grace grace his uh, his turning to the dark side was not circumstantial like mm-hmm. that is so essential to to who he is it would there have been tragic stories about uh, the rise and fall of an of a noble hero who, if things had gone just a little bit different, it would have turned out better. And it's so tragic that he uh, he descended down this particular path and had no way back. That isn't the case for Anakin. This is who he is. Death offends him. He mm-hmm. won't accept it. He won't tolerate it. Which, for a mortal creature, is a state of of paradox that there is no resolution for. Yeah. So no wonder he can't find peace. There is only anger because he doesn't want people to die, and they insist on doing it anyway. And and and, and like like really, I don't think that he 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 would be stuck in this. Like I I I don't think that he would be stuck in like not being able to to like accept death and 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 be and be at peace with it. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that like how he's been taught and how the Jedi have handled it has been. Just, 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 just helpful because, because, like, even because Yoda in Episode Three, like, tr- like, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. And it's like yeah. th- that is good words on paper. That is very hard to do it practically. And I get that you're the Jedi Master and like head of the Council, but like a little more. Someone just give me, just have, have Joe Casta yeah, no, new, yeah. the, 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 the sassy uh, uh, Jedi librarian, librarian. Just, yes. just, just, just find something for him just like I'm, I, actually I, I, teach him this no this is a very good point like why isn't everybody obs- why did he pass these tests when he can like detachment he does not score very high on his ability to detach <laughs> you just heard an intake of breath as i realized i think there might have been uh, when i said like anakin's path was always was always set and there was never any any other opportunity what if qui-gon jin had figured out 
that he can return after death. He was the first one to to the, figure that the, out. The, the Force Ghost. I, I yeah think he was because was the that's first the, one in ages. Yeah, because uh, uh, Yoda is contacted by him, and mm-hmm. then he reveals to Obi Wan at the end of Episode Three that he has a new technique, which uh, will take some time to learn. But you can do that in in Exile. All of that. That is the immortality that Anakin needed. If he had known that this technique existed, that there is persistence after death, if Qui-Gon Jinn had known how to do that before Anakin became his Padawan, that could have resolved Anakin's horror at the finality of death because it would have given him the perspective to accept death is part of life because there is more mm-hmm. than just this mortal, whoa. Which, back to Kung Fu Panda. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, tell me how just, this. Be, 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 so, so it just it, like like. <laughs> so I'm not very familiar with like the the intricacies of Confucianism and 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 Taoism. So so like this this is a, a nor am I so gross oversimplification based off of a YouTube video and and some other stuff that I've that I've seen that I've seen and absorbed. So apologies in advance uh, if I get something wrong here. But like it it sort of feels to me that just like that a lot of like what they're they've been doing is just kind of like the the by rote of things and like the the structure of things and like the order Wait, of like I, 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 clarify that how do you how do you mean so so, so it, i mean like rather than than looking at and 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 being at peace with the fact that there is a living force there is like the the continuation and just like the the transfers of energy from the the mortal body to the the living force Right, uh, yeah. It's just kind of like, well, but this is like the formalized structure and the formalized like rigidity of the the it's 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 belief versus the ritualistics of the Jedi and Anakin's still so much in like the just the ritualistics and like, well, I'm following the footsteps, but I'm not getting what I need out of it because he's not looking at like the belief part of it and like the, the I think I'm getting spiritual... what you're what you're saying. Yeah, it's the it's Save me sort here. of no, I, I get what you I think I get what you're saying. It's the difference between between doctrine and understanding. Yes. Yes. And like doctrine uh, requires like obedience, rote as you say, mm-hmm. uh, rote rote learning in order to I mean that's what we see in 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 the relationship between Barris and uh, uh, and Luminara. Let us say that Luminara truly understands what she's teaching, and let us also say that Barris truly does not. For their relationship, it doesn't matter because Barris knows how to behave because she has she's internalized this doctrine, and understanding may flow from that. Versus Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, where that understanding is the thing that that is important. You see that in the way that Qui Gon Jinn advises Obi Wan. It's not on how to behave or how to speak, but how he should think. Like, mm-hmm. here's something that you didn't think about, and maybe look at that a bit more. And from that, all these actions will flow, rather than dictating actions and hoping that from that, understanding will flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that and, what you're and, going for? Because Yes, uh, yes, that, yes. Uh, like, Thank I you. I that a lot. <laughs> Which is interesting because, like, even I, who am absolutely obsessed with Star Wars in so many, so many ways, as I look up when I see multiple Star Wars posters, like... Even I kind of forget that, like, yeah, the Jedi, like, was a religion. And there is, like, the the 
the rituals part of it, like the the, the orthodoxy, like the, yeah, the, the, the what you do versus what you believe and what you think, and like it's it's interesting to kind of like to start thinking about that now. Of of like, yeah, I don't think that Anakin's like in like the what you believe and what you what you think part. He's just in purely in action here because yeah, which I, is weird for him because he's like he's not a very orthodox Jedi. Yeah, it's, which kind of makes me just wonder, like, is he following, he's following it so much that he's upset and he's dissatisfied because he's not getting that fulfillment that he would if he were like Qui-Gon, like being mindful of the living force, being mindful yeah. of, of of that instead of just, I'm not getting what I need out of this, what's wrong? And it feels like there's just like that, that disconnect oh. that's causing pain this this took a how turn would, yes okay no we're delving into it like how would how would anakin have done under luminara instead of qui-gon slash obi-wan right if he'd been provided he'd been liberated uh. from enslavement mm -hmm. and he'd been given this this structure instead that might have really soothed and suited him well, then again, maybe not. I think this, ugh, this is a lot of what ifs. Well, and and you also just have the fact that, like, from what I'm from what I remember from my psych classes in college, I mean, a lot of young men, especially, like, tend to just prefer just like some kind of like structure to things. So, yeah. given that Anakin was pulled away, and then what he kind of was hoping for with the fire of the figure with Qui Gon was then killed, and he had to deal with that grief. Like, he almost yeah. found solace in like that structure. And just kind of hid in that and built walls in that. And this is this is supposition upon supposition upon supposition. Well, but... no, I think that, no, no, no. I think that's that, that's fair. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of comparisons between like a a, a young person from a difficult background mm -hmm. joining the army at a young age. Yeah, right. And and seeking a a, a new identity and a, like a value system from that. I I mean, there is a lot of history to that phenomenon and it is and it's true for for very many people so we've made it through this episode i think we spent more time talking about star wars than 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 episode than than has been the case but like you're showing me an entirely new show that i've never seen uh so i know i i'm kind multiple of multiple podcasts compressed into one no thank you i'm thank kind you. of making it a little harder here <laughs> i really appreciate that that's why you chose this episode at first i was thinking like maybe there's some some great continuity going on here or paying to the attention to the geonosians and then i realized no it's about this master padawan relationship that is you, being you nailed down on that really quickly which is which is fun <laughs> <laughs> this was an excellent choice greg and it's such a good lesson as well to prepare me for um, whatever may be coming in star wars rebels which you know this this master padawan relationship this this mentor student relationship is so central so yeah i think that this expanded perspective is really going to uh, help and if if nothing else then i've just teased with the fact that uh there is there's whole stories being told about genosis and i know how much you love genosis and <laughs> ooh, what have i done i've just tempted I you do. <laughs> but maybe this will be just something for me and my buddy to enjoy on our own and not necessarily commit to another side podcast Greg, we can't do that there's so much star wars this is yeah maybe not a full podcast but i may uh i reserve the right to to withhold a couple episodes from from your personal rewatch if you're gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> oh god 
And just a quick note for anyone who listens to this in the future and is looking, scrolling down the the, the 1,018 episodes of Rebel Air and says, wow, these idiots sure didn't know what they would be doing in four years. Uh, uh, as we delve into our third rewatch of Clone Wars for whatever reason. Maybe there's a holographic re-release. You know what Lucasfilm be like. But while we're still dealing with the 2D Imagisphere of a much more expensive and luscious production, can we delve into the wardrobe department? Because I want to know who you want to be, because there are so many choices. Who are you going to cosplay, Greg? Uh, Rex. Please say, please say, ah, weak. I Not love even the Rex. Blade. I love, love Captain Rex so, 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 so much. He's, but he's... I just watched this episode and he has like two lines. I know, that's I know. The that's you like obsessed the, about. That's, that's You're the... like me watching an episode and getting super excited okay, about it. A... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Boba Fett said like two words and had like, was on screen for like maybe 30 seconds in Empire. And from that came just like rabid obsession. <laughs> He got multiple 10-second close-ups. <laughs> which and he had is... a really badass and he had a really badass helmet, which I mean, hey, Rex is a really badass helmet too. It's got the 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 uh Mandalorian uh Jagais or Jagais. The what? That that's what the design on his little thing is called. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm just I'm just like dropping this stuff on your ear here and you're just like what are you talking about? What's, what's yeah? I, I mean, I can't, I can't see this. Uh, there is so much that I okay. I want to jump into the uh, into the wardrobe department here because I really like the outfits of Luminara and and Barris. And they're really, I know that these really are nice. They're evocative of nuns' habits mm-hmm. of certain orders, but I really like that kind of headwear. Yeah, cosplay friend of mine. Uh, believe their username is uh now k cosplay she does a luminar that is just fantastic she's she's she just looks that like a bag awesome. she's wearing it <laughs> that is awesome i mean that's my wardrobe department what do you want for your for your tie-in oh i've been i've been thinking about this i've been sort of struggling oh I'm, like the tactical droid he is so cool i hope that he survived that blast and he gets put together and i kind of want to sort of musical side episode that is like a, a domestic sort of story between him and Poggle and like what what does their day look like as he gets up he's sort of like Zazu for Mufasa uh, and just putting together Poggle's nice breakfast like oh these are the lemon slices that he likes and oh, oh, just a little splash of honey there he'll like that he'll probably give me a pat on the head for it and then Poggle is just like waking up from a three-day drunk bender with his poker buddies. Uh, he has to get his act together. And it's all down to the tactical droid to make him seem regal. He's just upset because he just lost a bunch of money to Sam Hill and the banking clan. And, and Wat Tambor is like asking him about like mortgaging his, his ship. And he's just like, no, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea, man. <laughs> it's either that or it's the one Geonosian that likes to sleep with the dead bodies. Because now that I'm thinking about it again, we don't necessarily see a lot of other ones. It may be just this one sex weirdo, as they're called in Scottish, uh, that just has some particular kinks. It's a toss-up. <laughs> Much like it is for that one Geonosian sex weirdo in the in the crypt. Okay. Next week, we're getting right back into into Rebels. So, uh, you know, this, Season this, two. Is, this is the Jedi Beacon, but so we're, we're going forward. So... Tune in to our next episode, The Siege of Lothal.
The ghost must return to Lothal to rescue a defecting Imperial, but they must face Darth Vader! As we're sort of preparing to head into Season 2, I'm crazy excited. Thank you for joining us on this weird journey so far. Well, weird, uh, not weird, this great journey. To, so well, oh, maybe you should Maybe you should do this instead. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly the weird one. Because you're, you know, as our social media manager, you're, you're much better at, like, engaging with the audience. Engaging or just scrolling through the Rebels hashtags and just commenting on, on people posting just really cool things and... Hoping maybe someone uh, decides to to take a listen, but but hey, you know, I can only do so much word of mouth myself. So word of mouth is 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 how podcasts like grow if we don't have a budget. Um, there you go. So, well. so <laughs> no, but, but, but you know, this is coming from a place. Of, this is no, coming of from course. a place of love. So you know, hey, if you know someone that loves rebels that like we do, or if you've been trying to just pester someone into watching rebels for the longest time. Like my brother was, uh, you know, hey, just, just, just show, hey, these, these idiots are having fun with it. You can have fun with it, too. <laughs> you can find us at RebelAir.com or RebelAirPod on Twitter and Instagram. That's air with an H. And oh, by the way, if you noticed us like making little Star Wars mistakes that you need to correct us on, for the next 24 hours, you can send us uh, uh, your corrections. There's a handy dandy little form. You can find the link in the show notes. Uh, so send us your, your Bothan reports and... Well, they might make it onto the air. In the meantime, I have been cocky. I'm Greg. Roger, Roger. Roger. <laughs> 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 Did you just start giving you more G-notion to learn? <laughs> yes, please, because they're such fun phonies. They are. <laughs>